Welcome back, humor consumers, to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. I'm comedian Tracy DeGraff. I'm Catherine, co-host Bestie. Catherine, but I was just going to tell you something. I know. But then I, I said, hit record because mm-hmm. you're going to tell <laughs> me just, now. Yeah. So last night I was working out mm-hmm. in my new little workout space, which is my closet, <laughs> since uh, son number four is moving back in. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to move all of my gear out of the guest room. Anyway. What happened? Okay, so I've got my workout mat on the floor of my closet, mm-hmm. and I'm hot because I'm in a closet, A, and B, I'm You're working you. out, and yeah, I'm hot anyway. Yeah. And I'm laying down there, and I'm pushing the weights up, you know, and I'm using the little app and everything that I have, mm-hmm. and my glasses were all fogging up. As they do. They do. And Ron's standing there, and he goes, what's wrong with your glasses? <laughs> Has he not seen you sweat? Well, not too much. <laughs> and, I said, and I said, what? What? I was all like, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm annoyed. Leave me alone. I'm in the closet. <laughs> I am not out of the closet yet. <laughs> I'm trying to do something I don't really want to do anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, it's on your glasses. And I'm like, it's not on my glasses, you idiot. <laughs> I'm like, my glasses are fogging up because my head is hot. Leave me alone. You're making me hotter. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. That was it. That was my story. Yeah. It's been a week. My mom, as you know, you were with me yeah. when we were shopping at Goodwill and oh. she had what we believe was a seizure, but I was afraid it was a stroke. And oh, it was scary. so scary. And um, she seems to be okay. She made a joke. She made everybody laugh when she came to. So then we knew she was okay and that it probably wasn't a stroke. Yeah, but it was the truth what she said. She yeah. got she got really animated and excited over the cheap prices at Goodwill. She did. She was funny. She was just wanting everything. And she kept saying, oh, look at this. Did you see this? Did you see this? And uh, then all of a sudden she was Down like crashing. Went. Yeah. And it was all oh, scary. Paramedics came and eventually when she came to they said what happened and she said it was the prices (laughs) and then she said not that they're high but that they're so good yeah so and thank god for the good samaritan and uh, the gal megan Megan, who was a nurse and Mm -hmm. she was standing right there and identified everything that was going on and was a real calming force so thank you megan if you happen to be listening yes absolutely yeah when i saw her come down the aisle like i just turned my head and she just looked like she knew something and i said right. are you a nurse and she said yes and it was like i it was like i knew it yeah she well that's she was walking with confidence she and was. she was approaching the situation yeah. rather than like looking away and, and backing away and right because other people by then they were gathered around too but they kind of just looked helpless like, right well i mean like concerned and right but not, not yeah like a deer in the headlights but <laughs> right. then there's megan <laughs> yeah okay do this do this do this yeah all right. Well, welcome, friends, to yeah. uh, the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. And this is episode 138. Mm-hmm. So if you're just joining us for the first time here at number 138, you have 137 other episodes that you can binge. Yeah, get caught up. Get going because there's a lot there and it's a lot of fun. And today's topic is emotional eating. Yeah, this was... This is a good one. Yeah, it, yeah, definitely. It's such an important topic. It's one that Catherine and I both have struggled with in the past, are struggling with now. Uh, if you're like us during the pandemic, I put on 20 pounds during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Easy. Yeah, I put on 
enough <laughs> i think around 18 actually well yeah okay so 20 <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna round up okay why would i do that i don't know <laughs> i don't know oh but, i get it so that when i lose it's like yeah more to lose yeah okay when you get on the scale you should wear your shoes like your army boots mm. in the beginning a, he- a heavy coat right and then the next week buck naked yeah and then some right whatever you could flop <laughs> off my hair my hair must weigh at least a pound oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent. so today we're talking about emotional eating and as always we have um, just a couple housekeeping things to go through. Number one, we'd just like to say thank you to our sponsors. We have many sponsors. And at first, when we first launched this podcast, we only had two, our husbands, mm-hmm. Muffin and Pooh. At first, I'm like, who are the two? But yeah, you're right. Yeah, them. Husbands. Remember them? Yes, of course. <laughs> we got to keep the, we gotta keep the keep sponsors them happy. happy. And and then we branched out and we finally figured out how to set up a Patreon account. And that, so now we have that. And we call our listeners humor consumers because we're doing our best to present topics in fun, entertaining ways and make you laugh. You know, we'll see what happens. It's on you if you don't. <laughs> but we laugh quite a bit. Sorry. Unless it's not sorry. Yeah. What? Well, no. To some people, it could be. Who cares? <laughs> they're not here. <laughs> they're not here right now. They, True. And if they're listening and they turn us off, we're not going to know. And if we get weird comments, we just go delete. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Uh, now we have 14 sponsors that sponsor us on a regular basis. $5 a month. Mm-hmm. That's really awesome. Yeah, so thank is. you. You so, know who you are. You've crossed over from humor consumer to humor contributor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're listening, friends, and you uh, love this podcast and you have not yet signed up to be a humor contributor, we're just asking for your support because it costs us money to produce this podcast and we'd like to grow it. With some training, we want to go to PodFest. Mm-hmm. That's in January in Orlando. Mm-hmm. So there's some cost there to get there, to stay there, to eat, to go to the conference, to learn, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we would like to do that. So we just encourage you, $5 a month, you'll never miss it. <laughs> you'll forget all about it. And here's a little a little tease. We are going to be sending a video Oh yeah! To our contributors, yes. we're going to be creating it this week, mm-hmm. and we're going. It's a cooking video on how to make spotted dick. That's right. That's it. Spotted dick. It's a real. <laughs> it's a real dish. thing. <laughs> of course, we didn't. We did not make up that name. No, it's from England. Jolly old England. Yes, it is. They have to find ways to make themselves laugh. And by the way, the seizure that my mom had. <laughs> well, the whole reason we went to Goodwill. Was to take her out, but we were looking for a glass bowl, cheap, so that we could make this spotted dick because right. it is a steamed so-called pudding. So. They call it pudding, but it's more like a muffin, muffin. in mm-hmm. our like cuisine, right? But you don't bake it; you steam it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're gonna make this. We found a recipe that has converted it to English. I mean, Metrics. to um, American um, measurements, measurements. Mm-hmm. and so. We're going to make it this week. We're going to videotape it and we're going to put it into our Patreon thing and send it out to just our patrons. Yeah, I told Joan about it this morning. Oh, good. Yeah, I was telling her. Good. She said, spotted what? <laughs> and actually, 
she she sent me a text right before yeah right before we started the podcast and she said it's kind of funny uh she says spotted dick having a hard time telling my woman's church group i'll bring the spotted dick for dessert (laughs) that joan oh my goodness well we laughed and laughed when uh catherine and her mom and i were all sitting out on the patio last week before we went to goodwill yeah and we were eating spotted dick which you can purchase (laughs) if you go to amazon and you type in spotted dick You'll see that you can purchase it. Yeah. There. Right. And it'll come in your mail. Yeah. Or whatever. The Amazon person will be delivering your spotted dick to your door. (laughs) And by the way, after my mom had the seizure, she kept telling uh, everybody and the paramedics that she hadn't had anything to eat And she did. And I said, you had spotted dick. (laughs) And they're like, what? And I said to my mom, no more spotted dick for you. Because maybe that's what caused it. It's so funny. I'm sorry, but life is funny and it's worth laughing at. Okay, so if you're... Speaking of eating. Yes, speaking of eating. And if you're you're not a humor contributor, sign up today so that you can get the video of the spotted dick. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Uh, Catherine. Yeah. uh, These are the takeaways that we're hopefully going to leave our listeners with today. Mm. If you haven't gotten enough out of this episode already, we're going to do an emotional eater quiz. Yeah. And we're going to talk about the difference between emotional eating and physical hunger. Right. There's a big difference. Right. Uh, Number two, we're going to identify triggers and causes, which yay, let's do that. (laughs) And number three, ways to conquer the struggle because it is a struggle and it can be conquered. It can be. Yes. Right. And it should be. Uh, We're always, as always, we leave you with some scripture. So we will have some inspiration. So stay tuned for that. And then we also have a call to action. So let's remember what I put for call to action. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah. All right. Well, what say you? What's this emotional eater quiz that you've got there? Well, um, let's first talk about what is emotional eating. Yeah. Because. Tell me, Catherine, what is it? Well, it's not to satisfy your physical hunger so it's 100 percent of the eating that i do <laughs> no it's not i know you oh okay and no no it's not um it's turning to that food for comfort stress relief boredom or even a reward and it's usually you're craving something very specific usually something fried sweet fatty you know whatever so that's the reason and, why so many people, I think, during the pandemic were like me and gained weight because, mm-hmm. A, we were we were craving comfort food because the whole world was falling apart. Mm-hmm. B, the gym was closed. Yeah. Right? We couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. And you're all You couldn't up. even go to a park. You couldn't go to a beach. And if you did, you could not sit. You had to stand Yeah, <laughs> certain beaches. They had the murder tape on the <laughs> If bench. you went boating... In certain states, you can only have one person. (laughs) Illinois, you could have two. (laughs) So you couldn't do it. Oh, park benches were taped off. Right. Yeah, no. Right. But, you know, and also depression. I experienced a lot of depression during the pandemic because I like to be around people and I like normal life. Right. And that's part of, yeah, that's a big thing is being social. Yeah. It can help with um, 
with that, actually. Right. Mm -hmm. So I can understand why people got into that position where I'm sure that a lot of people that can hear my voice right now are in that position where they've gained some weight over the last few years. Yeah. Yeah, because the eating is trying, you know, we're trying to feel better and we're trying to kind of fill our emotional needs rather than our physical. And in the end, it just makes us feel worse. It but does. the pandemic did um, kind of trigger that. But there's no doubt about it that you feel better in the moment. You feel better in the moment. Well, I think that the study says you actually don't. You think you do. But well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but it feels dang I, good. I don't know how to describe it because... When I do crave something specific, um, I know that it is an emotional thing. And it's, thankfully, it's honestly, I don't think it's too often. But in the, there are evenings where I'm like, "Mm, I could go for a PBJ. But for, it's a comfort thing. And I don't necessarily have to be stressed or bored but it's just an extra layer of comfort or something. I think in some cases, speaking for myself, like that, mm-hmm. like if you're just kind of sitting around and you're going, hmm, I got a, I got a, like hankering. a hankering, right? That's the word. A hankering for something. I think it's a, I deserve this. Like I deserve to feel better, to taste whatever, to have the sweet, the salty, you know. Probably. Whatever it is. And in that moment, mm-hmm. when you take that bite, and we've both witnessed each other in that moment. Oh my gosh, I know. When you take <laughs> that bite, I've seen you in the drive-through. When we're in the drive-through and you're and you're ordering and you're going, oh, and you can tell that no. the emotional um, strain on I your brain know. is fighting the urge to get the burger. Yeah, but and the then added when stuff. you get the burger and then you eat it and you go, oh. Well, oh, that's what I was going to say is that there's two feelings at once. Yes. Mm, It's so good. And then two, there's guilt there. Right. Like, did it again. Yeah. You know. Well, sin feels good in the moment. Mm, True. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. 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 Go on. So here's the quiz. Okay. Are you an emotional eater? Yes. Here we go. Oh. Do you eat more when you're feeling stressed? Yes. Okay, I'm going to oh, answer. Wait, are these rhetorical questions? <laughs> well, no, you can answer them. Okay. I'll answer them too. Okay. Do you eat more when you're stressed or feeling stressed? Okay, so for me, you already said yes. Yes. When I am really stressed, I can't eat. If I'm slightly stressed, then I think that, yes, I could I could succumb to that. But when I'm majorly stressed, I'm, I'm one of those that I, I used to actually lose weight because I, I just couldn't put anything down you know yeah and some people <laughs> some people are like that mm-hmm. that's what i was reading okay here's another question do you eat when you're not hungry or when you're full 100 percent, yes okay you sometimes yeah especially in a um a social event or whatever like you know and the food's just there yeah and i know that it tastes good then yeah yeah do you eat to feel better, like to calm or soothe yourself when, you, when you're when you sad, mad, bored, anxious, etc.? Yes. Okay. You? Um, yeah, I think so. Honestly, I am having a hard time identifying with some of it. There's a couple that 
I know um, absolutely that that's me. Here's one for me. Do you reward yourself with food? Yes. I, I would say, like you just mentioned, like in the evening when I'm like, all things are good. I'm not stressed that I know of. And I'm craving like a PBJ with popcorn. I would say that's kind of like a comfort, a reward. Yeah. I think it's also, it goes hand in hand with an activity. So if yes, you're sort of accustomed to in the evening when you're sitting around and, you know, the day is done and you're just kind of that space between being done with dinner and going to bed. Mm-hmm. If you're accustomed mm-hmm. to doing some snacking during that period of time or when you watch a particular show or if you're going to watch a movie, if you're accustomed to fixing yourself a plate of whatever, mm-hmm. sometimes habit just jumps in right and you're not hungry and you're not emotional but you're in the habit of okay before we sit down to watch this really cool drama Mm -hmm. or this really cool comedy or whatever the show is that you like to watch on the streaming service I like to have a little plate of something it's a luxury it's a combination of a reward a comfort a habit you know just something that when this is our downtime yeah this is um, a time to treat ourselves. Right. You know, but I have to say it's it's not all the time. It, I go through seasons. There are seasons where, oh, I could go for a PBJ. <laughs> That's my favorite. Or I really love to have like um, cucumbers, crackers, and cheese. Mm-hmm. Like that's another one. But those are my two. Yeah. All right. Does food make you feel safe? Do you feel like food is a friend? Hmm. I don't know how I would answer that. I don't think food makes me feel safe, but it makes me feel familiar. Yes, I could say yes, like a friend, like like a familiar um, thing. You know what I mean? Mm. Obvious, yeah. Obviously, it's familiar. Yeah. It's, I, I, I actually don't know how to answer, answer that either. Yeah. Mm, the I safety thing kind of makes me wonder. I don't know. Well, I guess it goes hand in hand with comfort. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. Comfort is a nice feeling. And yeah. Comfort food is a whole category of food. All right. And here's the last question. Mm-hmm. Do you feel powerless or out of control around food? I I would have to say no, not totally, because I do. I've had enough success in my past mm-hmm. of overcoming emotional eating that obviously I know that I'm not. Uh, it's not like an addiction in the way that one would define Mm-hmm. Uh, addiction you know where you just you just have no willpower no no whatever so yeah. no I don't think that it has full power over me no yeah I feel the same okay all right so that's the end of the little quiz all to right to identify whether or not you um, may be an emotional eater okay well let's talk about the difference then okay between emotional and physical hunger yeah let's do that but by the way i also yeah. want to point out that occasionally using food as a pick-me-up or reward or to celebrate isn't necessarily a bad thing not only is it not a bad thing but it is a good thing in terms of if you think about our culture right mm-hmm. thanksgiving we come together we have a feast we celebrate what we're grateful for yeah birthdays we come together we have cake Mm -hmm. we blow out the candles we wish everybody well blah 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 well and when you're sharing a meal with someone too that's and breaking bread with one another that's a real um connection it 100 percent is Mm -hmm. and we have many many times around our culture 
where food is a part of it. So it's not learning what not to eat. It's learning how to eat. Exactly. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. So um, now what's our next book? <laughs> we we're going to talk about the differences between emotional eating and physical hunger. Oh, that's right. Like emotional hunger, physical hunger. Okay. Well, we know that emotional hunger, you can't, it can't be filled with food. Right. It's an emotion. So um, there are several different triggers and things like that and things going on in yourself and in life. So that we want to know first, right? And before we can break free from the cycle of emotional eating, you first have to learn how to distinguish between um, emotional and physical hunger. And by the way, I'm getting this from Mm helpguide.org. And the title is Emotional Eating and How to Stop It. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I'm getting this information. Okay. Emotional hunger comes on suddenly. It hits you in an instant and feels overwhelming and urgent. I totally get that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Physical hunger, on the other hand, comes on more gradually. um, And the urge to eat doesn't feel as dire or demand instant satisfaction unless you haven't eaten in a really long time. I'm going to tell you what, something about physical hunger. People who are overweight and or obese, right? Mm-hmm. You, in order to maintain a body fat ratio, whatever you want to call it, of being overweight and or obese, okay, you rarely get down to actual hunger because you're eating so much. You're eating frequently and you're eating quantities of food that are so high that your body doesn't actually, if you actually let your body empty out mm-hmm. and waited for the physical hunger to come, mm-hmm. you would not be overweight and you would not have an obesity problem. Hmm. I'm not saying you, Catherine, that you. I know what you mean. I'm One. saying us. One. Per, a, a human body. Mm-hmm. Because that's the way the body is designed. It's designed in that way that there are cues that the body has these little, whatever they call them. What, what do they call them? Hormones? I think there are hormones yeah. that are released in our brain when our body is actually hungry and then you feel like the stomach grumbling or growling or whatever right well if you're constantly eating around the clock like you're eating breakfast you're eating lunch you're eating dinner you're having snacks you're never really giving your body a chance to give you those cues Hmm. yeah oh i know you know the thing about eating or grazing all day it's there's so much um i don't want to say controversy but there's those that believe that is a good way to to eat just great you know, healthy though healthy grazing throughout the day and then there's the intermittent way of approaching eating mm-hmm. or intermittent intermittent fasting, fasting i should say mm-hmm. yeah well, with intermittent fasting, that's just having a period of time where you don't eat anything. Mm-hmm. And it, they give you different windows or whatever. But if you let your body use up all of the energy that it has, it will call for food at the end of that period. Mm-hmm. It's just the way that the body is designed. And the grazing, there's nothing wrong with grazing. But if you're grazing and you're eating high fat, right. high, high caloric food, mm-hmm. And especially if you're grazing on sugar, all sugar does is remind you that you want more of it. I know. You know? Yeah. And so you're going to train yourself in a bad way if you're continually grazing and having like little sugar along the way. Yeah. And that definitely does not satisfy 
at all. No, because the the body is also looking for nutrients. So our bodies are so smart. They're Mm -hmm. designed to keep us going. Yeah. And they're looking for nutrients that the body knows what to do with. And if you give the body a whole bunch of unhealthy fat, Mm -hmm. a bunch of fried food and whatever, plus a whole bunch of sugar, the body's going to go, I don't, I still need some nutrients. Exactly. (laughs) And you're going to need. We sound like such experts. Like we got this all down Oh, there's no question about it that most people know, know all this. this. I know this is not new news, right? This is old news. Well, we're gonna we're gonna help actually conquer this. All right, let's do it. Hopefully, <laughs> okay. Well, another difference is emotional hunger craves specific comfort foods, like I was saying earlier. Mm-hmm. When you're physically hungry, almost anything sounds good, including healthy stuff like vegetables. I mean, there's times I'm like, oh, yes, I want asparagus. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but emotional hunger craves junk food or sugary snacks that provide an instant rush, like we were just saying. You feel like you need cheesecake <laughs> or pizza and nothing else would d- will do. I'm telling you, there are times where I am craving a certain, like, say, again, PBJ, and I swear I'm hungry. I swear it. But when, I don't know. I guess not really, because when you're craving something specific like that, unless, like I said earlier, you just haven't eaten in a long time, that's probably emotional hunger. Well, I, I, I would have to beg to differ on that one because I really believe that if you get your body to where you're only feeding it when you feel the cue mm-hmm. of I am hungry. So if you wait until you're all the way down to zero in terms of your emptiness meter, let's call it that. Like if you're really hungry, right? Your stomach is growling. Then you you definitely want to feed yourself, you Mm -hmm. know, but you can crave, um, like let's say for example, you could crave meat because you want the iron or you could crave, um, I don't know, just whatever's in front of you, you know, you know what I mean? I don't think that it's necessarily, if you're craving something, it's not necessarily just feeding an emotional thing. Yeah, I don't know. That's what this says, though. Well, they're wrong. It does. <laughs> did they ask me? <laughs> no, they did not. <laughs> well, I, yes, like I said, there's times where I know I'm physically hungry and I'll crave like asparagus or, um, yeah, maybe a steak or something. But when you're emotionally hungry, you're going to crave junk crap. Yeah. So I think that's the main difference. And the, the challenge with that, obviously, is as we pointed out in the beginning, if you are eating physical food to satisfy an emotional hunger, there is no way you're going to get there. Mm. There is no food that is going to satisfy that emotional hunger. Right. And that's the the real difficulty. Exactly. It's so unhealthy. Yeah. It's depressing, actually. (laughs) Well, there's good news. Yeah. You know what the good news is? Yes. What is it? (laughs) I was going to say, the same thing applies with the Lord, honestly. Yeah. If you are craving a relationship with God, which mm-hmm. we're all built that way because mm-hmm. we're all created by the creator. Yeah. He is the creator. We are the created. Mm-hmm. And we are created in the image of God. Right. And we go around in life and we try to fill ourselves with things, right? Mm-hmm. That to, to like reach 
and meet Mm -hmm. that spiritual void that we have. And nothing satisfies that except one thing, and that is God himself. Exactly. And that could be, preach it, girl. Amen. (laughs) That could be, almost everything can be applied to that. You know, alcoholism. Yeah, exactly. uh, Relationship failures and things like that. And even when people are really into superheroes, let's just say. Yeah. Or everyone, they want a savior. They want a hero in their lives. Yeah, it's really important for us to look at why we do the things we do. Mm -hmm. So if we are struggling, I am saying I am struggling with emotional eating. I have struggled with it in the past. I do struggle with it. I'm working on it. I'm never giving up. But I have to look at why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Why, why, Why do I turn to food? Yeah, speaking of that, yes, I cannot figure out. So you know, yeah, many people who know me know that Ever since I can remember, I get up in the middle of the night without even thinking. (laughs) And like a zombie, I walk to the fridge. And it used to be for years and years, I would get like a piece of bread, a slice of cheese, fold it up. And just, and I even was to the point where if I have to go to the bathroom, yeah, I don't, how do I say this? I go to the bathroom first because... I want to actually, the last thing I do to be having that piece of bread and cheese and sometimes a a little spoon of peanut butter and I go back to bed like a baby. (laughs) And I don't know what triggers it. I have no idea. When I was real young, I can remember (laughs) going into the cabinets. Now we're talking like I was a kid. Yeah. And I thought I was hungry in the night and I'd get up and I'd go to the cabinet and you know the raw um spaghetti noodles in a box yeah i would nibble on that i would open up the box and eat it and (laughs) okay i debated whether or not i was gonna say this on the podcast and i would also so our dog had that (laughs) cheap like it was like cheap dog burgers in the cellophane wrapper you know and it was like this salty that i ate those (laughs) Roof, roof. <laughs> poor poor Ginger. Poor, like not the whole burger. Poor Ginger, the dog. I know. I'd nibble on it because it was salty. <laughs> it was, oh my God. Did you know that it was yes. dog food? <laughs> yes. And, and I don't know, how did I get <sighs> to the first point of even trying it? So after I tried it, yeah, it's like, ooh, it's salty. And it's it's not bad. What brought me to even tasting it in did the first place? Did your parents like... Um, forbade chips and like normal oh, right. junk we, food. We did not have junk well, food. Well, that's why you were abused as a child. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have Pringles. Oh my gosh, you know what? You Maybe didn't that have was it. Doritos no. and double stuffed Oreos. Oh no. The only time we ever had anything like that was if we were going to go to a like block party or Okay, or that's a, the exact reason why There's no other explanation for you eating dog food (laughs) (laughs) other than you were abused as a child. Your parents could have been turned in to DCFS. They had no idea that I was doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Ginger's clone. (laughs) My food. Ginger here. Catherine ate it. Your dog was trying to tell your mom. It was Catherine. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. That is funny. Yeah, funny now, but also weird. Well, that's why it's funny. It's just weird. Okay, but you know what? You were a kid, and 
you got into the habit of getting up in the middle of the night, right? Mm -hmm. And that habit stuck with you for decades. And here you are as a grown woman and you're, you, you still struggle with it here and there, but your brain has, you know, incredible power. Mm -hmm. And when the, the brain is used to being fed in the middle of the night, dog treats, (laughs) The brain's going, where are my dog treats? I know. Where's that know, salty r- r- food? It's so crazy. So advanced now, a couple decades later, and my first pregnancy, I would get up in the middle of the night and I craved baby food. So then <laughs> I went grocery shopping and bought baby food. Those little jars yeah. of like the, the banana and I don't know, like Pears. the fruit ones, yeah, yeah not the, the peas ones. or anything like that. But I crave that, and so then I would have that in, in the middle of the night. Yeah, it's just so odd. And now, though, I no longer eat a a slice of bread, but I will sometimes grab a slice of cheese and grapes. And if there's crackers, I try not to have them. <laughs> I might have a couple of crackers. And I, I just go back to bed and I'm like, oh. Mm. But thank just God you stay away from the dog treats now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't even stand the thought of it. It's just <laughs> odd. I don't know. You know, my mom used to tell me that I was born. Um, hungry? A big, yes, hungry. <laughs> and I was big. I was mm. a big baby. And she put me on cereal like when I was two weeks old. Because I would cry all night long. (laughs) And when she gave me cereal, I was fat and happy. And so I blame her for all of my emotional... she's not here to defend herself. That's why I blame her. (laughs) It's always the mother's fault. Oh, gosh. You know, I want to say something about um, emotional eating and the reason why we might do it, okay? Mm-hmm. I learned this through Lindy Flanagan, who is our friend and health yeah. coach. I've talked about her multiple times on this podcast. I still coach with her. She coaches me, whatever. I, she has an app, so she can do this from all anywhere around the world. So mm-hmm. if you're interested, I'll put her link in the show notes again, and you can check out what she has to offer. But Lindy taught me about primary foods, And the primary foods are really filling your emotions. Mm -hmm. So like your spiritual life, your relationship life, your career life, um, the things that you don't think of as the physical food food. Okay, right. And for me, she she had me do a wheel Uh and you you just take a, a circle and you place on the circle how fulfilled you feel in each of these different categories Mm -hmm. to do sort of a Mm self-assessment. And in my uh, wheel, I was always low on my career because my career is very important to me. It's very purposeful. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very fulfilling for me to have this mission, Comedy That Saves, you know, to go around and and um, do these events for breast cancer awareness as well as church events. It's yeah. very, very missional, purposeful, and I get a lot of satisfaction out of that. Yes. So it's so much more than just like a financial thing, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, the pandemic just yeah. flattened it completely. Mm. Right. And so I'm still sort of rising from the ashes, you know, the phoenix will rise again. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but under the weight of all of that, it really was an effort to kind of build and that's kind of that's exactly why this podcast even exists is because of the pandemic yeah because we needed an outlet a way to communicate 
you know, without having to go somewhere. So if, if somebody is struggling in that way, you know, if you really feel like you could benefit from uh, having some one-on-one coaching around this, Lindy is worth her weight in gold. Yeah. And I think her program is excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't um, have her as a coach, but as a fitness um, coach, I do. And yeah, she's she's very encouraging. Mm-hmm. She's very um, accommodating in terms of, you know, whatever you're going through. She works around that. Okay. Okay. We're right, ready to go. Yep. Uh, so another thing, another difference is emotional hunger often leads to mindless eating, which is kind of what I was thinking of when I say that I get up in the night and I'm not even thinking. I just go out of habit, exactly. whatever it is. Right. It's like before you know it, you've eaten a whole bag of chips or um, an entire pint of ice cream without paying really paying attention or even fully enjoying it because it's so mindless. Right. When you're eating in response to physical hunger, you're typically more aware of what you're doing. You're slowing down. Mm -hmm. That's another trick for really um, identifying and listening to your body is slow down. Yeah. And don't eat on the go. Mm -hmm. Don't just shovel it in. Yep. Sit down and think about what you're eating and don't watch TV. You know, sit at the table, set a nice pretty table and between bites, if you take sips of water or a sip of milk or a sip of whatever beverage you're drinking, mm-hmm. that really helps too. Yeah. And try to chew your food, you know. Everything that you're whole. saying is bringing back memories. My dad was so strict at the table. It was, he would constantly say, slow down. Because, you know, just shovel it in. Because you'd want to leave and play or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he used to, he made me probably all of us but of course i'm just thinking to myself yeah but he would make us eat slow he'd make me put my fork down between every bite and chew so like i feel like it sort of backfired for a while his his preaching teaching method of how to eat because it was annoying you know when you're when you're a kid but but now it's helpful because i can remember all of that put your fork down between every bite um wait I don't know, a certain amount of time and sit up straight and it's just all about digestion. Well, and if, if you think about the, the science behind it, mm-hmm. right? Because your dad was sort of an authoritarian in that role mm-hmm. and he was basically shouting out the orders and saying, you're going to do it this way because I said so, right? Yeah. And even if he said, because it's good for you, he, you know, you're too little to really understand, mm-hmm. right? This is just annoying. But as grown women knowing that the slower we take it, the more we savor, mm-hmm. the, the the more we enjoy the process, even the the act of chewing and mastigating, I think that's the term. <laughs> Make sure you get it right. Don't say that, Ron. It signals the brain that the digestive, uh, like when you start chewing food, mm-hmm. your brain tells your stomach, get ready because the food's coming mm. and it, it creates this acid to be able to help digest the food mm-hmm. and that thi- that old adage of it um it takes 20 minutes for the brain to tell the stomach or for the stomach to absorb yeah. or whatever yeah uh, that you've eaten yeah that's very true mm-hmm. so if you want to avoid overeating just stop mm-hmm. after you've eaten maybe half of your food 
and give yourself 10 to 20 minutes, you know, to see if you, if you really need more. Right. They say to like in your uh, social setting. Yeah. Um, eat that way and, and, and stop and, and talk with one another. Yeah. And let it digest. Let, let yourself be occupied with conversation and get filled up by that. And, um, so that, that's, uh, a technique that I learned somewhere along the line ages ago. But I like that. I don't that. remember where. Yeah. Look, look at the people that you're eating with, mm-hmm. you know, and discuss things with them and, and it will slow you down because you won't it, be eating with it, your mouth full. Exactly. Right? It's funny because sometimes I'll watch, I don't know, a movie or whatever and think, oh my gosh, because like the, there'll be two people, let's just say. Yeah. And they're so engrossed in their conversation that they're not eating. And I think to myself, how can they do that? The food's still hot. <laughs> <laughs> how can they do it? But I was taught that, you know. Yeah. But, you know, some things just sometimes get away from us. But we can go they back do. to them. When they're ingrained in your mind, you do go back to it and you appreciate it. And, you know, one of the things that I did recently as a result of coaching with Lindy is I set my table and I made it beautiful mm-hmm. and I got the placemats and you had, you gave me those beautiful napkins mm-hmm. and I got out my mom's dishes and I leave it set mm-hmm. and I'm trying to get away from just eating in front of the TV because mm-hmm. since Ron and I became empty nesters, that's sort of our go-to. Oh, is it? Yeah. Is that we just take our plate in the living room. Oh, okay. You know. And I want to get away from that. And so I set the table Mm -hmm. and try to, okay, let's sit at the table and have our dinner. Yeah. Well, there, there's a lot to that too. That's, Mm -hmm. that's another thing. We're never allowed to have the TV on, you know, with, at the table, Mm -hmm. we had to sit at the table and that all, and actually that's stuck too. I, we don't, we still sit at the table. Unless I have like the tables covered and like something Stuff. I'm doing, crafting, yeah. or now, right now, I'm going through boxes and boxes of pictures. Mm. So I do kind of have that out, but I've been, I've been pretty good at just shoveling it to the side. Yeah. So we can use the table for eating. Oh, can we talk one second? You might have this on your list. I don't know, but mm-hmm. can we talk about the clean your plate mentality? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Did your parents have that? If you don't. Like you have to eat all the food. I mean, a lot of people that grew up in our generation did get that. Okay. So you just brought like shutters to me because (laughs) yes, my, my dad was really strict. Yeah. You know, know, he was in the military. He later in life was not strict at all. And when I had kids, he's like, oh, Catherine. Yeah. Don't don't like that's too so harsh. I'm like, who are you? (laughs) But yes, we had to eat everything that was on the plate and in fact we'd sit there crying because they were gone they'd leave and then my dad would eventually turn the lights off oh so now you're sitting in the dark now we're sitting in the dark crying and not wanting to eat what was on there and you know all the lectures there's other people in other countries starving we'll give it to them then (laughs) you know or um you should be grateful we didn't have this when we were or my my mom actually would say that a lot you know, we didn't have that much food when blah, 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 all the stuff. And this, this, I'll just say this on the side. I used to tell my brother and sister, we used to have those like 60s, 70s vinyl bucket mm-hmm. chairs. Those, yeah. yeah, they're like, like a half barrel shape. Yes. Well, I used to say, stuff it down, the, 
stuff it down the, the thing, <laughs> you know, like the little, oh. I know. And so we would do that because otherwise we couldn't leave the table. Yeah. And so we'd stuff the carrots, stuff the peas, whatever, down the, the crease in the chair. Or my mom used to have those copper, they're actually bed warming things, but right. um, I didn't know that's what they were, but she had them as a decorative thing. And I used to say, put them in there, hide them in there. <laughs> <laughs> and then you would just leave the food in there to rot? Yes, of course. Tracy. <laughs> oh, <geez>. oh. <laughs> yes. Oh, you think we were thinking about that, you know? No, you I were just wanting to get out of that chair. I do remember, like, checking on it later, like, ooh, they're a little petrified. <laughs> get it out. I think a lot of people, though, that grew up in the 60s and 70s, you know, that's the way that parenting was parents wanted you to clean your plate yeah you didn't you weren't wasteful Mm -hmm. and we did have pretty nutritious meals I mean you know for the most part Mm -hmm. we didn't eat a lot of fast food there wasn't a lot of fast food you know back in the day we never had dessert I mean that was just not I didn't even know people had dessert after dinner unless it was a special occasion but when I you know you go to friends houses and you eat there and you're like dessert what yeah we never had that but my mom's idea of dessert was like peaches a can of peaches with clotted cream or something you know and I didn't like that but anyway well the reason that I wanted to bring that up is because I think that a lot of these things that we're raised with Mm -hmm. carry over and so we might look at a plate of food and still have that mentality of well I have I cannot waste this waste not want not I need to clean my plate yeah and if that's the case for anybody listening I one little trick that I think is pretty effective is to just choose a different plate choose a smaller plate and then if you fill that plate and you still have that clean the plate mentality, at least you're not cleaning a dinner plate. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. So just choose a luncheon plate or even a saucer. Yeah, that's th- that's a good um, method to use. And also, um, somehow there has to, you have kind of have to get rid of that mentality of you must finish everything on there because... No, it's not a waste. It's, it's not. A, it's, it's a waste of a whole lot of other problems if you are putting it into your body when your body doesn't need it anymore. That's very true. You know, um, I wasn't going to talk too much about it, but I did tell you that I I researched Dolly Parton. Yeah. And like she has been questioned, like, how have you kept such a slim, at least waist? (laughs) (laughs) And she had more weight on her years ago and she lost that weight. And she actually, I didn't realize this because I just, I guess I just had never heard it, that there was a Dolly Parton diet that was kind of attributed to her, but she didn't create it. Mm. But she had tried this cabbage soup. And it's, it's also known as um, some sort of uh, flight attendant soup, you know, because mm. remember back in the day when flight attendants had to be yep. a certain mm-hmm. a certain size. And um, Weight Watchers has a soup recipe that Uh is just really nutritious, and it's cabbage. Okay. It's all kinds of vegetables, and then there's like a tomato-y flavor because there's a tomato base in there. Mm, Sounds good. It's very good. Mm -hmm. I've made it. I've had it. It's good. It's nutritious. It's just a lot of vegetables and like chicken broth. Mm, Okay. But Dolly, her response was, I grew up in the South. Mm -hmm. and Fried foods. Yeah. And she loves fatty foods if it's fatty she loves it Mm -hmm. and she really she's only five foot nothing you know yeah and she's got small bones (laughs) she's got big other things but small bones (laughs) 
(laughs) And she just came to the realization that if she didn't find some way, you know, to manage her weight, that she could get out of control and have a real problem. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that she decided to do was not deprive herself of the things that she loved, but just take two bites. Yeah. So if she's having dinner, she has said that she'll even like go to a restaurant and order a couple of different entrees, Mm -hmm. but she'll only have two bites of each entree. Yeah. And some people have criticized her saying that that's wasteful, but it's really not. No. In terms of you can package it up and take it home. You can eat it all week long if you want. Right. But, and that's one of the things like a, a, it's a good trick for going to a restaurant. If you don't want to overeat, just order your meal. Mm-hmm. And ask for half of it to be packaged up before it even comes to the table. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I know that you have come into the habit of that mm-hmm. as well. And I sometimes do. I think that um, it's very helpful and beneficial. You know, and the thing about um, having just a couple bites, I've kind of used that method different seasons throughout my life. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I just want a taste of it. And I and I know the taste isn't going to improve after X amount of bites. It, so it actually declines. Yeah, that's what um, when you and I were talking about that before. Yeah. But um, but that way you can get a taste of this, mm-hmm. and your you know your taste buds are satisfied. They've they got the thrill of whatever, mm-hmm. and. Um, I think it's a great way to do it. Now, some people have argued that, well, once I start, I can't stop. And I I don't know the solution to that, but. You know, that is a, that is an issue. And and perhaps you would have to stay away from certain things. Yeah. But the other piece of it is, like I said earlier, it's, it's not depriving yourself of eating certain foods. It's learning how to eat all foods. Mm And everything is available, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and quantities do matter. Yeah. And and so this worked for Dolly Parton, it, and it has worked for me in the past. I mean, many years ago, I did Weigh Down Workshop, which was with uh, Gwen Shamblin, who is now deceased, but she turned out to be a nutbag. <laughs> <laughs> she turned out to be crazy. Well, whatever works, I guess. It's crazy. (laughs) Cuckoo. Oh my goodness. But I her her weight loss method was not unique to her. It wasn't like she made it up. It was basically just doing uh like starving. No, she got crazy in the end. Yeah. But in the beginning, when she was first going, I think it was in the, it was in the 90s. So like the early 90s, mid 90s in that realm, Mm -hmm. she was in churches all over the country, her program. Mm. And it was basically listening to your body, the cues of your body to wait till you're really hungry before you eat and then to stop before you get to full, like I'm stuffed. Yeah. Just stop when you're at a comfortable, satisfied, Mm -hmm. right? And to um, dive into your spiritual food, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's where she kind of lost it was uh, she started her own church and made herself the queen and had all kinds of money. And she died in a plane crash. Oh, dear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was going to a Trump rally. (laughs) Was she really? (laughs) You're kidding. Well, when did she die? She died uh, like two years ago. Oh, I think I do recall that. It was during the pandemic. Yeah, I know. It's very sad, actually. I'm sorry to laugh about it, but... Well, yeah. it's... And her husband was Tarzan. She was married to Tarzan. 
Which one? Like, I, don't, I forgot his name. Oh. But he was not the... He, he was known as, I think, Tarzan on the TV show. And he was way younger than her. And um, he he had a pilot's license, but he didn't really know how to fly this plane, apparently. Oh. Yeah. So, oh, my He goodness. was the pilot. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We shouldn't be laughing. It's sacrilegious. <laughs> People are. Oh. Anyway. I'm. Okay. Oh, we have I have to edit another. that. You have to edit that. Just eh, take leave it in. All right. Whatever. <laughs> Okay, Okay. well, moving on. Yes, let's do. Another difference, emotional hunger isn't satisfied once you're full, which we're pretty much talking about that. Yes, we did. Yeah, you're eating till you're uncomfortably stuffed. That's, yeah, that's rough. I think, okay, I'm being honest. I think the only time I really do that is at Thanksgiving or Christmas or maybe Easter too. (laughs) (laughs) That's also yesterday. (laughs) Or yesterday. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that enchilada was so good. So were the beans and rice. <laughs> toot toot. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, another um, difference is emotional hunger isn't located in the stomach. Rather than a growling belly or a pang in your stomach, you feel hunger as a craving you can't get out of your head. So it's yeah. all in the head. You're focused on specific textures, like dog food. <laughs> <laughs> tastes and smells oh gosh (laughs) you are such a weirdo (laughs) Um, oh gosh Um, all right emotional hunger often leads to regret guilt or shame (laughs) (laughs) i can't get off of you eating the dog patties i don't know why i tell you some of my secrets (laughs) i don't either but I I have that effect on people. Mm. They just confess. Blackmail. I smell it coming. No, I just say, come on, just tell. (laughs) Just tell. It'll be fun. No, I mean, once we've told. Oh, well, now you're just telling the podcast. That's not Yeah, I know. But I I can edit it out if I want to. That'll be. I probably won't. Yeah. It'd be boring. I know. (laughs) And it would be work. You don't want to do the work. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so I, I, I don't know if I said this or not or read it, but here, I'll just do it again. Mm-hmm. Emotional hunger often leads to regret, guilt, or shame. When you eat to satisfy physical hunger, your body un- you're unlikely to feel guilty or ashamed because you're simply giving your body what it needs. Right. If you feel guilty after you eat, it's likely because you know deep down that you're not eating for nutritional reasons. So a quick um, summary, emotional hunger comes on suddenly, physical hunger comes on gradually. Emotional hunger feels like it needs to be satisfied instantly. Physical hunger can wait. Emotional hunger craves specific comfort foods. Physical hunger is open to options. Lots of things sound good. Emotional hunger isn't, isn't satisfied with a full stomach. Physical hunger stops when you're full. And lastly, emotional eating triggers feelings of guilt, powerlessness, and shame. And um, as far as physical, eating to satisfy physical hunger doesn't make you feel bad about yourself. Right. That makes sense. It's all common sense, friends. Yeah. All right. Very good. Well, it says that it's really important to identify your emotional eating triggers and that's that's the first stop or first step in putting a stop to emotional eating um 
and in, in, uh, figuring out what your personal triggers are. And sometimes what situations, places, or feelings uh, make you reach for the comfort food is the question. And it says most emotional eating is linked to unpleasant feelings, but, but it can also be triggered by positive emotions, such as rewarding yourself for achieving a goal or celebrating a holiday or happy event. You know, a couple of things that are actually, they're not emotional, they're physical, mm-hmm. but we might be not hungry, but we eat. One is if you're tired, mm-hmm. you might feel tired and think if I eat, then I'm going to be rejuvenated, mm. but you're actually just tired. You're not really hungry. That could be like if you kind of hit that 2 p.m., 3 p.m., you know, it's not quite quitting time for work or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you just sort of in that like zone. Okay. The other one is thirsty. You yes. could be thirsty, thirsty. and dehydrated and yeah. it could be masking as hunger where if you just drink a big glass of water, you could be giving your body what you need. Right. Instead of what you don't. Yeah. that I learned that somewhere along the line ages ago too, that a lot of times when you're hungry, or sometimes when you're hungry that it could be that you're you're actually really thirsty. But I always it's funny because I swear the more water I drink, the hungrier I am because I feel like it flushes everything out of me and like cleans me or something to where my body's like, "Okay, replenish with some food." <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I swear it makes me more hungry, but it doesn't stop me from drinking yeah, water, it's good though. for you. Yeah. Um, okay. So our next takeaway is how do we, how do we battle that? How do we fix it and um, kind of conquer that? Well, go over the, some of the causes, um, you kind of have to need to know them and just quickly their stress, um, stuffing your emotions, you're kind of masking them, boredom or feelings of emptiness, your childhood habits, social influences, and things like that. But Here are ways in which you can battle this. Keep an emotional eating diary. And um, without reading this whole thing, just figure out when are you mindlessly eating? When are you feeling emotional? Just keep track of of everything in like this logbook. And then um, over time, you'll see a pattern that emerges and you'll be able to kind of identify it and you'll be able to work at it. There's more detail in the, we'll put it in the links, you know. I think though, just thinking about emotional eating, a lot of us already know, you know, what the triggers are. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't know what's triggering you, then yes, it would be very good to, to figure out what is triggering you and then try not to be triggered. Right. Do your best to avoid those triggers. Yeah. And even sometimes when you do know it, writing things down on paper and having it staring at you in the face is kind of powerful. It is. So. It is. The other thing about a a food diary is um, Weight Watchers has done this for years and years, as well as MyFitnessPal, is just journaling what you're eating. Yeah. To hold you to accountability. Yeah. Really, really helps. With the app that I'm using with Lindy you take a picture of your food and just send it in. Mm-hmm. You don't have to find it in this big yeah, that's list. that's nice. I like the idea of that. So all I do is take a picture of what I eat 
and you know that's kind of socially acceptable now <laughs> anyway on instagram facebook you yeah. know picture of your lunch but i just take a picture and then i uh, it, it goes right into the app mm-hmm. and then at the end of the day i just click post and I send it to her. Yeah. And the nice thing about that is you can look back at what you've eaten for a week. Yeah. And if you just scroll through the pictures and you see a lot of brown, you know that's bad, right? Because you need color. You need... Oh, <laughs> I see. You yeah. need, um, uh, like Lindy calls it, eat the rainbow. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, all the, the dark green leafy vegetables right. and the bright red vegetables and mm. some fruit, you yeah. know, all those healthy things. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that being said, yep. another way um, to conquer this is find other ways to feed your feelings. And if you don't know how to manage your emotions in a way that doesn't involve food, uh, or says if, if rather, you don't know how to manage your emotions in a way that doesn't involve food, you won't be able to control your eating habits for very long. And diets, it says, so often fail because they offer logical nutritional advice, which only works if you have conscious control over your eating habits. When I read that earlier, it really hit me because, um, well, it's very smart, I guess. You know, the fact that is so true. It's diets are a logical nutritional advice and that's not going to work if you have an emotional connection with food yeah you know um one thing that i think could help separate the emotional eating versus physical eating is prep yeah so if you if you know that you are definitely abusing uh Mm. food you're using food as a comfort or Mm -hmm. whatever just prep your meals like once a week or something yeah yes and don't, don't leave it you, to chance right and if you know that you're gonna sneak something in between or whatever then just don't have it in the or house. prep it just prep it like okay yeah or prep it right so so let's say for example that you you're a snacker and you like chips for mm. your snack mm-hmm. keep those out of the house but have something different so maybe you do like that smart popcorn or something like yeah. in the small bags yeah. so that it's individually mm-hmm. portioned out. But you do, obviously you have to exercise some self-control. You can't just like eat four or five bags of it. Right. Um, or do uh, vegetables that have a crunch. Because mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're accustomed to chips and you like that crunch and the texture, mm-hmm. do carrots that have a crunch and red peppers that have a crunch. Yeah. Or something that you like yeah that has that crunch just make a swap so that you're not feeling like oh, i can never snack and then your brain is going well i liked my old self that could just eat the doritos mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right but just try to do a healthier version of that yeah and be mindful of it and then prep it yeah it's so true what it said earlier about when you're craving something you know whether it's texture taste or smell i'm one of those i like certain textures together and that's okay Mm -hmm. that's the way god made our our desires and for food Mm -hmm. with different textures yeah just kind of keep it under control yeah so um in order to stop emotional eating you have to find other ways to fulfill yourself emotionally that's right 
Um, so some alternatives to emotional eating, if you're depressed or lonely, call someone who always makes you feel better. Play, play with your dog or cat if you like to do that. <laughs> or look at a favorite photo or cherish memento. You get the idea. Yeah, and I would definitely throw in there about depression. If you're feeling depressed, please get professional help. There is so much professional help out there for depression. We do not have to suffer Mm -hmm. anymore. Yes, and medicine is huge. Start out with your doctor, just your regular GP, your Mm -hmm. general practitioner. If you don't have one, get one. Mm -hmm. Just start there and just say, I'm depressed. That's it. Mm -hmm. And uh, typically... They'll just give you a prescription of like Zoloft or something like that. Yeah, Lexapro, whatever it might be. Yeah, and it takes a little while for it to kick in, but it really evens out your feelings. Sometimes you need to get adjusted. Some medicines work better than others for different people. So take it from us. We know. Yeah, right. And talk (laughs) therapy too. Yeah. Go to a counselor, you know, especially if you're raising teenagers or going through some major loss, a grieving like the first time I ever went to counseling was after my mom died and my pastor who was a uh, you know a family friend he would see me in church on Sunday and I was just flat I was mm-hmm. just not there mm-hmm. and he said that to me he said you know you just seem flat mm-hmm. and I was only 27 or 28 mm-hmm. had two little babies two mm-hmm. little kids I was under a lot yeah and so i went to a counselor i didn't like that first one though he was really wacky oh so i had to go to a different one well sometimes that happens right keep going whatever your obstacle is just keep at it Mm -hmm. okay now if you're anxious expend your nervous energy by dancing to your favorite song squeezing a stress ball taking a brisk walk just don't focus on being anxious do whatever um you know you can Mm-hmm. to be a distraction music is really good yes it for is for managing emotions mm-hmm. if you're exhausted treat yourself with a hot cup of tea take a bath um light some scented candles if you're one that likes to do that some people i can see where that would be very soothing mm-hmm. i used to do that a lot um but anyway um wrap yourself in a warm blanket i like to do that <laughs> <laughs> And if you're bored, read a good book, watch a comedy show, watch Tracy. That's right. Tracy. Tune in. Yeah. Life happens. Laugh anyway. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Tune in. Listen to our podcast. Yeah. Listen to it. (laughs) It's funny. Explore the outdoors or turn to an activity you enjoy. Okay. Some, a a side note about being outdoors. Mm -hmm. A lot of different people say that there's like a lot of goodness that comes from just going for a hike. Yes. You know. Yes. You, you know that I'm not really an outdoorsy kind of girl, mm-hmm. but no, I can, you're not. I, I like looking at sunsets and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think there's a heck of a lot to be said about being outdoors. I love it. And I do think it is, a, for me anyway, it's a major stress release. Yeah. Uh, see, I left off at if you're bored. Okay. Most of all, and we said this earlier, pause when your cravings hit and check in with yourself. Yeah. You're not powerless. You have power. And you just um, you know, need to tap into that. And if if you're just constantly thinking about that one thing you want to eat and it's unbearable, then um maybe maybe allow yourself that one bite if you can do it and then um walk away from it you know at a certain point just don't overindulge 
You yeah. have more power than you realize that you do. And maybe someone that's listening will say, no, I don't. But um, there, there is an out. Well, you might feel like you don't have that power because you haven't exercised that muscle in quite a long time. Mm-hmm. But the more you do, the more that you'll grow in that power. And there absolutely may be some things that you just can't keep in the house because it's too much of a trigger. Yeah. And you don't want to torture yourself. Well, that's basically, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. In a nutshell. But one of the things that I did when I did have a lot of success with losing weight with the Gwen Shamblin program, uh, one of the things that I used to do is if I was really craving something, mm-hmm. okay, I would go ahead and fix it for myself. Like, let's say it was a, uh, I don't know, a piece of uh, a sandwich or something. Mm-hmm. I would make myself half of a sandwich, one piece of bread cut it in half, fix the sandwich, and then I would cover it with saran wrap and just leave it in the fridge or on the counter if it was a peanut butter and jelly or whatever. I would just not eat it until I physically felt hungry. Mm. Just I, So I give myself permission to have that thing. I make it. I know it's in the plan. I'm going to have it. Yeah, that's a good but idea. But I'm not going to just devour it. I'm going to wait until I'm really hungry. Mm-hmm. And when I feel my stomach growl, then I'm going to go, okay, now it's time. So it just worked for me. I mean, that program, like I said, it definitely is a, um, it's a hunger signal. You know, it, you you just wait till you're hungry and then you stop when you're full or yeah. satisfied. That's all it is. Well, and speaking of that, yes. um, again, can't say enough. Take five before you get into a, cra- give in to the craving. So um, just pause. Yeah. And think about what you're about to do. Think about what you're about to put into your body. Think about why you're doing it. And um, I, I think that that will really bring some awareness to yourself. And you'll, you know, you'll have more power then. Yeah, for sure. Another thing I wanted to mention, I put this on my little sheet here, is crowding is a technique that Lindy has taught me. And that is when you're sitting down for a meal... Fill up your plate mostly with fresh whole foods. Oh, right. And crowd out some of the other options. Mm -hmm. And uh, as a cancer survivor myself, I am trying to eat as many fruits and vegetables as I can. It's just good for our overall health. Mm -hmm. And it's known, proven scientifically that it does help to prevent some cancers, including breast cancer, which is what I had. Okay. So crowding out. So you take your plate. Now, let's say that you're implementing having a smaller plate rather than a dinner plate. You're using a salad plate. Okay, so you've got your plate. You've got your protein on there. Mm -hmm. So let's say it's like chicken or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then three quarters of your plate is filled up with fresh broccoli and a little bit of salad and some tomatoes from the garden, Mm -hmm. you know, and a little drizzle of olive oil and some vinegar, right? Yeah. So that's so healthy. Yeah, I just did that. I do that a lot actually when i make it myself when i yeah. go to a restaurant no <laughs> but when i make it like last night we had um we had chicken a baked potato and green beans well half of my plate was green beans and i like green beans i yeah. love them i yeah. love the texture um i love i just do i actually a lot of times like it more than the meat and then the baked potato i just had half and i ate the skin because of all the nutrients in it but yeah, I try to do that too. And it is helpful, especially if you have a salad with your dinner mm-hmm. and your salad takes up a big portion of it. And I used to think that I can't get full on a salad. 
um, if you had if you add protein to it, you definitely can. Well, I think and there's anyway. so many nutrients in vegetables that while you can eat a lot of salad, if you know, you can eat a lot of it and not have a lot of calories mm-hmm. if you don't put a high fat dressing on it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Mm. Well, it okay. can be satisfactory. Yes. Anyway, indulge without overeating by savoring your food. Savor the stuff that's good. And again, it's really about um, not being mindless. It's about taking your time to enjoy the food. Don't be on autopilot, you know, shoveling shoveling it in. Your taste buds literally shut down after about the second bite. That is a fact. Yeah, that's what you were saying. They're, they're, your taste buds are sensors and they sense the, the flavor, you know. So you put something in your mouth and you have like this burst of, oh, is that good, mm-hmm. right? Then you have a second bite. Oh, it's still good. But you'll notice if you're really mindful of it and you think about it, the, if you eat five or six bites of something, the taste is no longer as enjoyable as the first one it, bite or two bites. It's absolutely true. doesn't get better. No. It starts out great, mm-hmm. and then it gradually diminishes. Mm-hmm. And this could be really a, a, a way for you to enjoy the things that you really love. So let's say that you're invited to a birthday party, right? Mm-hmm. And they're, they sung happy birthday, and you know now the cake is coming out. Mm-hmm. And they say, Catherine, would you like a piece of cake? Mm-hmm. And you say, yes, please, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now here comes your cake, mm-hmm. and it's your favorite cake that you've ever had. Mm-hmm. You just take two bites of that cake. You just eat less. And you enjoy those two bites and you savor those two bites. And then you exercise self-control over the rest of it. Right. And you just throw it in the trash. Right. Like, remember that story with the the uh, <laughs> Asian um, guy at the you restaurant? Yeah. yeah. He says to my cousin, no, no, you, you have it. You just eat less. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It is true. So lastly... Support yourself with healthy lifestyle habits. Make daily exercise a priority. Physical activity does wonders for your mood. And then, of course, your mood is going to affect um, your energy levels and your yeah. your thinking. It's a powerful stress reducer. Um, and it gives you, again, more power. It does. And it helps us in so many ways when we move. It helps your brain and it helps your joints. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Aim for eight hours of sleep every night because when you don't get the sleep you need, your body craves sugary foods that will mm-hmm. give you a quick energy boost. See? And getting plenty of rest will help, yeah, with appetite control and reduce those food cravings. Also, make time for relaxation. Give yourself permission to take at least 30 minutes every day to relax, decompress, and unwind. Um, this is... This is your time to take a break from your responsibilities and recharge your batteries, which is healthy. And very lastly, connect with others. Don't underestimate the importance of close relationships and social activities. Spending time with positive people who enhance your life will help protect you from the negative effects of stress. Amen to that. Amen to that. Get yourself a bestie if you don't have one. Yeah. I hope I'm a positive influence. Absolutely. For the most part. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, that was great. I think we figured it all out. We've saved the world. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. You're welcome, world. Yeah. Aren't we mighty? Wow, this was a long podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Are we ready for our spiritual inspiration? Yes, we are. All right. We've got some scripture to share with you. First uh, Corinthians 10, 31 says this. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Hallelujah. That is the Amen. truth. And then another scripture is also our call to action, which is to memorize it. This is a scripture oh, that right. if you memorize mm-hmm. the scripture and then the next time that you're tempted to overeat or to eat when you're not really hungry or or whatever, here's the the verse that you can recite. It says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And that is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And that's truth. It is the truth. I think it's a little bit funny that I came up with the call to action about memorizing the scripture. And you forgot (laughs) Forgot it. Yes, I did. I know. At least I know the scripture, though. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was, I think, inspiring to me. So yeah, thank you, me, me and you, <laughs> for inspiring us. <laughs> and uh, we just encourage all of y'all to do something, you know, for your health because it's important. Yes. Well, you've been listening to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. I'm still comedian Tracy DeGraff. I'm still Catherine. See you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>